Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where we're not that great, but we're all we've got. I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And this week we are covering the 2005 family holiday film, The Family Stone. This is the weirdest Christmas movie I've ever seen. I know! <laughs> right? <Or> one of. <laughs> but I love it. It's kind of like Die Hard in the sense that Christmas is just the setting. Okay, no, it's different. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's different. It is this different. is Christmas ingrained. Before we get started, don't forget, go follow us on Twitter for the time being at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, please be practicing the three R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet, folks. We want everyone to come and join our little holiday watch party. And don't forget, folks, to go check out the Patreon. Oh, guys, there's never been a better time to give us your money for just $5 a month. You get access to all of our bonus content, all of our television coverage, all of our long-form coverage. You know, a little shooting the shit with Carrie and Ross, maybe a little criticism, who knows? You want to listen to Ross rail about the lore of Game of Thrones? Oh, yeah, no, yeah, a great, great episode at the end of November there. <laughs> the very, very end of November. And guys, if you want access to our full catalog of kicking and streaming main feed goodness, you just go on over to our Podbean page. You can get our custom RSS link and listen to any player of your choosing. All right, you ready to go home for Christmas? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Your boyfriend, Dharma Mulroney's here. He is here, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. And it's before he got, it's like right before he dropped into, you know, old. <laughs> right. I, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, my goodness. You don't have to be nervous. I'm not. They're going to love you. There's nothing harder than joining a family. He intends to give that girl my mother's wedding ring. Especially one like the Stones. She's got this throat-clearing tick. It's like she's digging for clams. Ready? <clears throat> yeah, they're all watching, you know. They have a funny way of making you feel at home. Hello, you have a lovely home. All the better to entertain you, my dear. Don't dilly-dally there, pretty lady. We're all gonna be down here talking about you. She is completely uptight. I am not sleeping with you in your bed, in your parents' no, house. Separate bedrooms. It's so silly. Are Everett and Meredith going to get married? Four words. Second, second, second word. Beekeeper. Ring. Bride. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. They hate me. They hate they me. They just met you. I just figured you'd give her a hard time, have a good laugh, but then back off. Meredith's checking into the inn. And now her sister Julie's giving up Christmas with her entire family in order to be with Meredith. I'm ashamed of all of you. Well, even you. Hi. Hey. Hey. Hi. This holiday season. He's going to ask me for that ring. Mom, enough about the ring. From the producer of Sideways. You have a freak flag. You just don't fly it. We will try to behave like a civilized family. I don't care whether you like me or not. Oh, of course you do. Claire Danes, Diane Keaton, Rachel McAdams, Dermot Mulroney, Craig T. Nelson, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Luke Wilson. The Family Stone. Nothing. It's just that we're all we've got. And you, you're the worst. I'm the worst. Boy.
guys, uh, our director this week is Thomas Bazooka. Bazooka. Is that really how you pronounce that? Uh, yeah, Bazooka. It looks like Bazooka. Yeah, no, you know, yeah, Bazooka. But <laughs> guys, this might be the most notable thing he's done. Uh, here are his other directing and writing credits. Uh, Big Eden. What? From 2000, exactly. But let's count them. Let's see if you know the movies. Uh, the Family Stone from 2005. Okay, so that's one. Uh, Monte Carlo from 2011. He, I've heard of he it. He directed and wrote that. He wrote The Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society from 2018. <laughs> Not a clue. He directed and wrote Let Him Go from 2020. Nope. He wrote The Good House from 2022, and he's directing something next year called Secret Invasion. Not a clue in the world. And not a clue. <laughs> Just the family stone. So one project I've seen and one I've vaguely heard of. You go, Thomas Bazooka. Uh, he also wrote it. Um, this is obviously something that was muddled in his past that he put together as a movie. I know. Uh, being from Massachusetts. Because, you know, I love our setting. Yeah. And it's just Thayer, New England. Yes. No state. No, nothing. <laughs> I think it's Massachu- supposed to be in Ma- Connecticut. Massachusetts is referenced several times, but I don't know. Guys, this movie made, uh-oh, math, um, $74 million. So, hey, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's a good one. And it's a good old 20th Century Fox bop. Um, it is obviously a Christmas movie, guys. Welcome. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. <laughs> happy Hanukkah. And don't forget Kwanzaa. Like, this is not a big award winner, this film, but like- I'd never seen it in its entirety. I've only seen bits and pieces because this is a movie that Carrie has loved since she was a child. Yeah, like we owned it on DVD. Uh, I've just always kind of enjoyed it. Like I love family dysfunction movies that aren't wrenching. Yeah, you no, know, not yeah. the kind of dysfunction that makes you cry, but the like, kind that makes you shake your head. Like we're gonna find the answers at the end, and you kind of know we will, you know. Yeah, so you get to enjoy it in the interim, folks. You might have guessed it, but we've got names, guys, and I believe her first kicking and streaming appearance, playing the matriarch of the Stone family. We have Diane Keaton. Yes, she is playing Sybil Stone. I love Diane Keaton. This was one of the first movies I ever saw her in. Yeah, no, Diane Keaton. <sighs> I don't know. You don't know? I mean, she's got some questionable associations. Now listen to me. I know that we can't control what men do all the time, (laughs) but all I'm saying is you're a little close to Woody Allen there, Diane Keaton. Just a little bit. Maybe like 40 years ago. I mean, I don't know. Not that long ago. Uh, She was in the original Broadway production of Hair. Yeah. In 1968. Give me a head with hair. Which was just like something that the theater community had never seen the likes of before. And it was 19 fucking 68. Uh-huh. One of the most turbulent years in American history. And she appeared naked on stage. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. And uh, she was nominated for a Tony in Played Again, Sam, the next year, which was a Woody Allen play. Mm. 1969. Mm. Guys, of course, she's she's K. Adams Corleone in The Godfather part yeah, yeah I forgot about that part two and part three uh from Francis Ford Coppola um she was in the film adaptation to play it again Sam in 1972 because you know she's Woody Allen's you know Girl Friday Ugh. yeah I know Sleeper 1973 Love and Death Annie Hall famously from 1977 which won her an Oscar mm-hmm. Academy Award for Best Actress since then she has been speckled throughout your film viewing lexicon she's in something else that you like are you talking about something's got to give? Something's got to give with, with like Jack, Jack Nicholson. Nicholson, yeah, and Keanu Reeves. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
guys, please welcome him back to Kicking and Streaming. He's playing the patriarch of the Stone family, Kelly Stone. Please welcome back Craig T. Nelson. He was in The Incredibles when we covered The Incredibles. Yes, he's Mr. Incredible, obviously. Obviously. Uh, guys, Turner and Hooch, Devil's Advocate, My Name is Earl, Parenthood. We love Craig T. Nelson. Poltergeist! Oh, I'm sorry. Poltergeist. Poltergeist, and he was on Grace and Frankie there for a minute. Oh, he was in All the Right Moves from 1983. Yeah, he you was. You pause it just right, you can see Tom Cruise's dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of trivia we're here for on this podcast. And uh, Kelly and Sybil got a whole mess of babies. They got um, five kids. Yeah, we've three got- Three boys, two girls. And please welcome him back to Kicking and Streaming as the eldest, Everett Stone. We've got Dermot Milroney. Hey! <laughs> You guys remember me thirsting over him when we covered uh, my best friend's wedding? Absolutely. Uh, guys, uh, shameless, young guns, staying together where the day takes you. I love that he's in my best friend's wedding and the wedding date. Yes. <laughs> guys, he was also with us when we covered August Osage County. Oh, I forgot about... Oh, he yeah. was the creepy guy. Steve Herberbrecht. <laughs> Herber what? Herber what? Herberbrecht. <laughs> and guys, he, he is bringing his girlfriend Meredith home this holiday season because he <laughs> is looking to marry her. He's looking for a very nice engagement ring that belonged to Sybil's mother to give to his new bride. Yeah, that's the titular family stone. We, yeah, the, yes. That. Oh my god! Yeah. Sorry! I, 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 thank you! You're just now realizing that means the ring, right? Yeah, yeah not the family name. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay alright. Everett's from Manhattan, he's a business executive, he's kind of risen above air quote, risen above what the family expected. You His know? neoliberal parents. Mm-hmm, exactly. Guys, I'm so confused about this one. Please welcome to Kicking and Streaming Mr. Luke Wilson. <laughs> yeah! He's playing Ben Stone, uh, the second uh, Stone child. Um, Owen Wilson's little brother. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love that he's a stoner. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah, me this, too. This, this character's a stoner. He's a film editor who lives in California. Yeah. And Luke Wilson, you know that I despair every time his older brother, Owen Wilson, is on the show. Oh, wow. I have different feelings. About Luke about Wilson? About Luke Wilson. Oh, I can't wait to talk about it. And I'm okay with that. Guys, he's from Legally Blonde. Yeah. Isn't he Emmett? Yeah, he's the Emmett character. He's Emmett and Legally Blonde. He's Royal Tenenbaums. Uh, Idiocracy, which I just resent as an IP. Mm-hmm. Please welcome back to Kicking and Streaming as Susanna Stone Trousdale. <laughs> Elizabeth Reeser. Yeah, she was with us when we covered The Haunting of Hill House on Patreon. Go be a little Onion contributor on the Patreon to get all that content right now. Queen Elizabeth Reeser. All I'm saying is, and I I hate it that we're going to have to do this, but we're going to have to cover Twilight at some point. No, Carrie. <laughs> I can't. Like, <laughs> yeah, you can. I'll have feelings about it. <laughs> I don't want to have feelings about Twilight. Do it for the Elizabeth Reeser. It's like Twilight... The Twilight cinematic feelings, yeah, I, they're like, it's like the coronavirus. I know it's out there, but I'm doing everything in my power to avoid them. And then when it does happen upon me, uh-huh. I'm feeling the feelings. And I, anyway, yes, she is Esme Cullen in the Twilight Saga. She is also, uh, she's the first lady of Gilead Ew. in The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. And of course, Haunting of Hill House, The Good Wife, The X-List, Grey's Anatomy. Uh, she was in Ouija, 
Ouija. Ouija, yeah. Origin of evil, because, you know, she's a Flanistan, just like us. Or is Mike Flanagan, you know, a Reezer stan? I think that it's a little column A, a little column B. Yeah, you know. The Trousdales are from Chicago. She's got a daughter named Elizabeth. Her husband is too busy for family, so <laughs> he's only here at the end. We've got the third stone son, Thad. We've got Tyrone Giordano. Thad is deaf and gay. Yeah. Represent. Like. <laughs> Absolutely. And, of course, the Stone family is very accepting of him and his lifestyle. Uh, the only other things I'm note I'm noting, uh, he was in the musical version of Big River. Oh, okay. Yeah. A lot like Love, Untraceable, All About Steve in the next three days. Don't know any of those. No, me either. But he's he's from Boston and his he's got his partner Patrick. Oh, Patrick. And they're hoping to they're they're hoping to adopt a child. Uh, Patrick is played by Brian J. White. Yeah. Um, he is a notable uh <laughs> wow. Cabin in the woods. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. I think he's he's got to be one of the guys working in the facility. Ooh, good deeds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, yeah. Oh, and oh, he's he's the oh no, he's the creepy he's the creepy rapey boyfriend to the le- to Taraji P Henson, and I can do bad all by myself. That's right. The Tyler Perry movie. Yes, I like that one. I know that's a good one. Yeah, playing uh the second Stone daughter and last child, Amy Stone. We hate her. We love her. We love her. But we hate her. Uh-huh. And that's why. Because she's so good at what she does. Please welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, Rachel McAdams. She was just with us in October when we covered Mean Girls. Indeed. And I hate Amy. Uh, listen. I, you know what? I hate's a strong word. <laughs> I dislike Amy. You and Amy would get along famously. I don't want to hear that. I, you so would. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, so this is quite the eclectic family here. Everett is a business executive. Ben is a film editor. Susanna is a stay-at-home mom. Thad is an architect, and Amy is a teacher. So yeah, these neoliberal parents from, obviously yeah. led them to believe they can do anything they wanted, and they went out and they did it. Playing Meredith Morton, the young lady that Everett is bringing home to introduce to the family for Christmas and propose to her. Yeah, is Sarah Jessica Parker. Please welcome her back to Kicking and Streaming. She was with us when we covered Hocus Pocus. Yeah, like three years ago. She's famously Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City. This was like the first major film role she had after Sex and the City wrapped. Like this was going to be- She was in her last season of Sex and the City. Yeah. yeah. She was going to be- A little where do we go from here, Sarah Jessica Parker. A little bit. She was hoping to break away from Carrie and show the world what else she could do. Mm -hmm. She was in Footloose, First Wives Club, Failure to Launch. She's in that bad- Gary Marshall film, New Year's Eve. Oh, yeah. yeah. The shoot off of uh, Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. Valentine's Day was enough, Gary. It was. Like, we are Gary Marshall stands on this podcast, but Gary, you were getting old and you were going a little too far. <laughs> Just a little bit. And guys, as the most what the fuck character in the whole thing, Julie Morton, Meredith's sister, who she forces to come stay with her because she can't stand the family <laughs> over the holiday, we've got Claire Danes. Welcome her back to Kicking and Streaming. Wait, don't tell me. Um, um, she was in The Hours. She was in The Hours. She played Meryl Streep's daughter. She did. She yes. did. Okay. I, poor Claire Danes. Yeah. I like When she read for this role, I bet she was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> and they were like, yes, that's what we want. <laughs> oh. Is this character's what the fuck element to the rest of this mess? Like, mm-hmm. uh, Guys, I'm also just going to mention as Brad Stevenson, Amy's high school love interest, we've got Paul Schneider. He played... Uh, don't uh, M- Mark Brandanowitz in <laughs> seasons like one and two of Parks and Recreation. It was so funny. 
funny. I was going to have to ask you what his name was because he was such a nothing burger yeah. on that show. See, here's the thing. I hate Mark Brandanowitz. Yeah. But you grow to like him yeah. over the first two seasons, and then he's just gone yeah. in order to make way for Rob Lowe as Chris Traeger. <laughs> and also Adam Adam Scott, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Carrie, we absolutely must start talking about the content, yes. unless you've got anything else to say before we start. No, I don't. All right. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. So we open this movie in a department store. Everett and Meredith are getting ready to head out for his family's home. Mm -hmm. And we meet Meredith, who I really don't like from the jump. No. She is one of those high-maintenance corporate types. The sort from every holiday movie, right? Yeah, what is... I failed to mention what she does and we got names. No, I think... That's the thing. I'm not really sure. I think she just goes over uh, reports like, in finance, why else would she and Everett have met? You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I guess, like... And like, they, just like I said, the, the total cookie-cutter stereotype in every holiday movie, the big city, high-maintenance corporate type, going home to a sleepy little town for the holidays, right? She is so tightly wound. Oh, yeah. I, you can't stand it. She works too much. She's kind of cold, a little controlling. She's on the phone with that person. For the last time, this isn't a popularity contest. I don't care if it's the Friday before Christmas. She'll have Monday off. Look, look, the bottom line, the bottom line is there's no way I'm letting that report go without having seen it. She's a little keyed up, obviously, like we said. Because she's nervous to meet Everett's family. Yeah, she's probably heard a lot about Everett's family and how they're neoliberal and very bohemian and like kind okay. of close. No, yeah. Bohemian. I mean, mostly Sybil is bohemian. They're rich New England white people that vote blue. Yeah, like... okay, fine. <laughs> That's fair. And so... Um... We've covered bohemianism on this show before. It does not look the same. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, you're right. And when Everett's taking her cell phone away from her, and then she gets on her, I'm going to say it, pager, because it's still 2005. Yikes. And we're still holding on to the 90s for some reason. <laughs> Okay, so we go to the Stone family house, and uh, l again, let's just run through the people one more time, because we got a lot of players here to keep track of. We, we do, we do. So, like we said, we have Sybil, the matriarch, Diane Keaton. She's a breast cancer survivor. She's super intellectual, wears a lot of awesome jewelry. She's Diane Keaton. Yeah. Yeah. That big square stone ring she wears, I love that. Mm -hmm. And she's married to Kelly, who is a college professor, there's something about Craig T. Nelson that reminds me of our grandfather. Ah, uh, yeah, there's some Ronnie energy there. Yeah. Absolutely. He's just, like, very, you know, he's just very friendly and sweet, and he loves all his kids. Not toxic in any way. Honey, we're in here. Millie's famous brownies. Oh, so sweet of her. That is sad. And then we have Thaddeus and Patrick. They roll up. Thaddeus is deaf. He's an architect and very gay with his partner, Patrick. I'd love to know who in Thomas Bazooka's family is deaf because the sign language, I I, I, I bet there was a lot of uh, a lot of classes on ASL to make this film because they're constantly doing it, guys. Yeah. And like people when they people non hearing people when they watch this movie, they're like. 
it's all right. Yeah. But it's also pretty on par with how hearing people in families communicate with deaf people. Uh, family members. Mm-hmm. It's very perfunctory. It's not super smooth, but I do love that they actually incorporated the ASL here. And then we also have Amy. Amy rolls up. Amy is a school teacher and a master student at UMass. The NPR canvas bag. Yeah, no. I mean- <laughs> it's the one moment of solidarity I have with Amy. And Amy is also sort of the family agitator. Yep. Can relate. (laughs) She's very smart and very honest and kind of a dick sometimes. Imagine. Yeah, no. (laughs) She's already priming the rest of the family to hate Meredith because she's met Meredith once already. Yeah, and gives her no chances. No. Which, how have they met? She went to the city to see Everett and they all went to dinner together. Gross. Okay. (laughs) She is a total phony. She's completely uptight. She dragged us to this friggin' stiff restaurant. She talked the entire time. I mean, oh, you just wait. What? She's got this incredibly grotesque throat clearing tick. It's like, it's like she's digging for clams. Make way for ducklings. Susanna, honey. Susanna. We also have Susanna. She's the eldest daughter. She has the kid, Elizabeth, and she's very pregnante. She's here to be Elizabeth Reezer. Yeah, no. Is what she's here to be. Also, and, how this is like 10, 15 years ago. Uh, no, she... I also expected to comment on this. This is 2005. Yeah. This is 2005. I mean, then I want you to think about The Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. And I want you to think about how no time has passed for Elizabeth Reezer. Elizabeth, what are you putting on your skin? Like, there's other, I mean, like, you know, you can tell just like a little bit of aging, like just, but like an inch. It's like she turned from, you know, 39 to 40. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> In the course of 10 years. In the cor- yeah. And then finally, Meredith and Everett arrive. And I love the shot. Like, because the whole family is standing at the window watching them get out of the car. Yeah. And Kelly goes to meet them in the driveway and goes to hug Everett. And the way Meredith ducks out of the way. Yeah, no. She's not ready to engage. She was never going to be ready to engage. Maybe next Christmas, Everett. Like... She tries to shake Kelly's hand instead of give him a hug. Yeah, no. Just some of the ways... The ways in which she is tightly wound mm-hmm. are so specific... Yeah. And we'll get there. Anyway, moving on. She also, oh God, when she comes in the house, she also does this really cringy thing where she's speaking really loudly to Thaddeus. Yeah, no, I'm like, okay. Uh, Yeah, no, it's awkward from the get-go and it will (laughs) remain awkward. Oh, yes. Thaddeus. Beautiful. Hello, I'm Meredith. I've heard so much about you. And and this is Patrick. Oh, hello. 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 Also, Meredith makes a federal case out of sharing a bedroom with Everett. Which, why? She doesn't want to fuck before marriage? Is that what it is? I don't know. I think she's worried about giving his family the wrong impression, but his parents don't care. Yeah, they're like, whatever, but like, (laughs) she insists, so she gets Amy's room, (laughs) and Amy has to sleep on the couch, and Amy already hates this bitch. (laughs) I know how fun this could be for you if you tried to make it more complicated. Yeah, but but separate bedrooms. Everett, it's so Silly. She just doesn't feel comfortable. Well, why should she be comfortable? Putting Amy out of her room and all. What? I hope I'm not putting anyone out. Me out. You're putting me out. 
like, listen, I understand that it's like always super weird to meet new people, but I don't understand why she's this nervous. Like those people were nothing but nice to her on the way in. She ex- she wants them desperately to like her, but is not trying very hard. Like she's so awkward in herself. She cannot, you know, just be herself. She's so self-conscious. I guess if that's how you want to put it, like and I she doesn't really know how to relate to people, even kids. Kids are some of the easiest people to relate to. They're yeah. practically blank human slaves. And she's just acting like if she, if her world could just be her and Everett, that would be just fine. Yeah. You know? And finally, Ben arrives. Ben, the stoner and the film editor. I? Uh-huh. I, <laughs> You're having some feelings. I just, I'm drawn to Ben the most. <laughs> it's because Ben's kind of sweet and kind of easygoing, right? Yeah, and he uh, smokes marijuana. Yeah, yeah, I think that's why. And he's not full of judgment the way the rest of the family is. I love how his mom doesn't even say hi. She starts with, no pot in the house. Yeah. I mean it this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the thing is, when Ben first sets eyes on Meredith, you can tell he's feeling about her the way you feel about Ben. Okay, yeah, no, he's gonna, like, fuck with her for the rest of the movie, and <laughs> I'm here for it. Yeah! I'm here for it. Wow, Everett in a tie! Look at this! Running for mayor! Hey, you look gorgeous! <laughs> yes! That's true. Hey, I want, I want you to meet Meredith. Hi. Hey. Hi. When Amy smacks him on the back of the head for looking at her, and then Everett smacks her on the back of the head. And I'm like, oh, loving family. Yeah, I bet it was fun. <laughs> I bet it was fun to grow up in this family. This is also a very, um, I'm not going to say eclectic, but this is a very, um, this is a broadcast, you mm-hmm. know? And I love all of the different players we've got here from other movies, you know? <laughs> kind of. August Osage County energy without the intense toxicity. Indeed. Or the Steve Hooperbrecht. Or the Steve Hooperbrecht. <laughs> Later that night, some of the family goes to pick up pizza for dinner, and uh, we're introduced to another unfortunate aspect of Meredith's character, is that once she does open up and start talking, she can't stop. Yeah, she talks way too fucking much. And mainly about herself. Yeah, no. N- it- not a good look. I mean, that's fine. Like, you can talk to people about yourself, but, like, who am I becoming? What is this, what is this Carol Channing I'm devolving into? Happy holidays, everyone. I think it's because you want to defend her, but, like, you feel a little weird about it. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like I'm not on Meredith's side, but I begin to feel hella bad for her as time goes on. It had been, what, 10 years more? God, almost 16. And over. So there I am catching up with Rachel, and here comes Everett. Of course, I don't know him, but Rachel does. They got their masters together. And you hadn't seen each other in, what was it, at least eight years? Anyway, the point is, Everett was lost. You remember? What? How you were lost. Uh, I'm pretty sure I was pretending. He was on his way to take some boat out to, what was the name of that place again? She's taking forever to tell this story about how she and Everett met. And, like, it takes place in three different locations. In the car, in the pizza parlor, and then back at home when they're all eating. And the thing is, the lack of chemistry between Meredith and Everett is so palpable. Yeah, I don't really hear Everett talking. Yeah, like, (laughs) he's just sitting there kind of awkwardly listening to her stretch this story out forever. We got to talking. Everett, what did you two talk about? I I don't don't remember. You take that goddamn tie off already? Oh, please, of course you remember. 
See, Everett was there on business with Steve working out their position for the IPO this spring. Well, of course, that's what I do. Right. Within the Asian market. And this is also where you get the sense that Everett's family doesn't love the fact that he works on Wall Street. Like, they kind of resent it. They even hate that he's wearing a tie. Well, you know what, guys? <laughs> to each their own. They're, I feel like they're like, we're neoliberals. Like, you can't have a corporate job. Bitch, look at your house. <laughs> no, no college professor is making that much for that beautiful house. Oh, my God. No, oh, my God. And so, oh, my God, I have in all capital letters, oh, God, now we're playing charades. Not the charades. Did you want to just shrink and disappear during this scene? I, <laughs> first of all, any family that plays charades together, that... I feel like it's just a recipe for hurt feelings, you know? Kind like... of like Monopoly. Uh... Like, it's always going to end with somebody turning the board over. I do not want to play Monopoly as a family. I don't want to play Monopoly as friends. I don't want to play Monopoly as enemies. <laughs> Capitalism, the board game? Yeah, no. And, like, the thing is, is that Meredith's kind of, like, not... She's not participating. And Amy is going to force her to participate. She's like, oh, no, get up there. I'll find you a clue. And digs through the hat and evilly hand-selects a specific clue for Meredith. And you could see it. When Meredith unrolls it, she just looks at Amy. Yeah. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. And so she gets up there. It's a movie. She's trying to get them to guess the four-word movie title. Which is what? The Bride Wore Black. Yeah. And it's not going well. She can't get them to come up with the last word, right? Yeah. And I don't know, guys. I don't know if it's happening subconsciously or what. But she's got one finger pointed just kind of listlessly, mm -hmm. and it's kind of pointing at Patrick. Like, in his direction. I can't believe you're pointing at him. What? Who? No, I... You're he... totally pointing at him. Which guy? I wasn't pointing at him. You still are. No, I'm not. <laughs> oh, my God. Is he a clue? Fourth word. Meredith was like, are you fucking kidding me? No, I did not. You're still doing it. Yeah, and I was like, this is where I was like, okay, Amy, you're an asshole. Yeah. Like, I don't think she's actually doing it, but like, she, I no. think she's just thinking, but like... Amy purposefully put her in a position to behave awkwardly. <laughs> and like, Meredith storms away and Everett goes after her and she's like, I told you. Yeah. Yeah, like... But that's the thing about the family, right? They know what Amy did. She's not pulling a wool over their eyes. Exactly. They know she's being an agitator. And for some reason, that's it for Meredith. She's like cramming clothes back into the suitcase, wanting to leave. She's like, they hate me. They absolutely hate me. Yeah. I've been here for five minutes. And like Dermot Mulroney, Everett, just kind of like puts the sweet talk on her a little bit. I <laughs> He's leaning on his hand. He's so sick of it. It's Dermot Mulroney magic. Like... <laughs> and so, yeah, he convinces Meredith to stay at least for one night. And we cut to Sybil in Kelly's bedroom. And already Sybil is full of spit and vinegar about this. Yeah, like, I don't find myself in love with this family as we go around. Like, I've kind of figured I would take one side or the other mm -hmm. as shit goes along. But, like, while I am not in Meredith's camp, I'm not in the family Stone's camp either. Kind of like nobody's right here. Uh, yeah, like, everyone's just behaving poorly. Like, Oh, come on, give me a break. You stick a silver spoon up any monkey's butt, it's bound to go please and thank you. Like, big deal. She is a fine woman. Oh, so fine. 
She doesn't seem to know or trust herself very well. Thank you, Professor. Which means, I'm afraid, that our Everett may not know himself at all. That's very astute, Professor Kelly. Yeah, Professor Kelly, you also... Can I just... I'm sorry, this is not the time, but, like, have you, did you notice throughout the movie how the kids call their father Kelly? Yeah, and their mother Sybil. Like, how to kill a mockingbird is that? I don't know if I agree. I mean... I mean, it's not my family, and when I have a family of my own, I'll get to dictate that, but, like, I don't know if I would want my child to call me Ross. I think it's something to the effect of, you know, parents who do that, they kind of want their kids... They kind of want to meet their kids on their level. It's like, I am also a person, not this deitous figure that just has control over your life, you know? Who who you call dad. Yeah. Or mom, uh-huh. yeah. I think they've always tried to have a intellectual level relationship with their children. Okay, you know what? You're right. I could get over it. The next morning, Meredith and Amy are in the kitchen getting coffee. And I love this because Meredith's trying to make a truce. She's trying to make nice with Amy because Amy's obviously the one that's leading the campaign against her. Yes. And she's trying to get Amy to, like, drop the rock. And (laughs) I love this so much. I wish you'd give me a chance, whatever it is that I did wrong. I said don't sweat it. I don't know what I did to you. I really don't. But you know, I don't care whether you like me or not. Oh, of course you do. Fuck off, Amy. Oh, but doesn't your butthole pucker a little bit? Yeah, I'm like, no. Why is Rachel McAdams so good at that? She is good at that. She's like, oh, of course you do. Uh, And I'm like, like, oh, 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 no. Yeah, no. She's right. Aren't we supposed to love her in some things? Like... (laughs) Hey, you haven't seen The Notebook. I don't need to. (laughs) I I know what happens in The Notebook. It was them all along, and they're in love. I want you. I want all of you. (laughs) Is that it? Is that the line? Yeah, that's it. Is that the line? Sorry. You were ready to move on, and I derailed you. So with that, Meredith decides she can't stay there. She's going to get her shit together and go stay at the inn that's on campus. The inn? Yeah. How- in, in very New England-like fashion. <laughs> One of those cutesy little places. That used to belong to a really rich family, but now yeah. they've turned it into a hotel. She wants to stay at the inn so she won't be in the way and have to deal with the natives, as she calls them. No, she does not. Yes, she does. Uh... She calls them the natives. And I'm like, Meredith. Okay, I don't like anyone in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now, wait a minute. You might like someone because she also calls little sister Julie. I just feel bad for... I don't like or dislike Julie. (laughs) You just feel bad for her? We don't get enough about her throughout the movie, and yeah, she's just kind of here. Yeah, Julie's going to hop on a plane and come be with Meredith so she doesn't have to feel like a a freak. She's going to miss the Morden family Christmas to go be with Meredith. And like, so she feels like she has an ally. The whole family is standing at the window watching Meredith and Everett load things into the car. And they see Everett coming back up the drive and they all scatter towards the kitchen. Yeah, they... <laughs> they're so nosy! They, 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 they think they're so slick. Like, <laughs> And Everett's pretty pissed, right? Because nobody's been nice to his girlfriend in his opinion so far. Especially, he's especially pissed at Amy, who's been nothing but an instigator. Okay, this is how this is going to go. You're all going to pull your fangs out of her and remind yourselves that whatever it is you think she is, Meredith's somebody that means a lot to me. So you better start getting used to the idea. Jeez. Okay. 
Everett, I expected a little more at least of you. When he looks at his dad and he's like, I expected better of you. I'm like, I feel you, Everett. I feel you. <laughs> uh, you know what? I guess he is the character I feel the worst for. Everett? In the whole thing. I don't know, But man. then he turns on me. Yeah, I know. With his, I don't, bazooka? <laughs> Tom? Yeah. We're going to have to talk about what you think these characters are thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Ben is at Meredith's car window giving her coffee. And a morning boner. Yeah, did you see that too? Yeah. He's got his morning wood pressed up against the side of the car. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, I had a dream about you last night. What? Yeah, I did. I ended up having a dream about you. What, what was I doing? Well, Let's go. Yeah, he's being a little weird. He's being <laughs> kind of a creep about it. I know he's trying to fuck with her, but yeah. like he also gave her his mom's coffee mug. Ben, what is full that? Full of coffee. I'm like, <laughs> you that. <laughs> After seeing the end of this, I'm like, Ben? Yeah. You're... Uh... <laughs> but it's the morning wood that turns it off for me. While Everett is driving Meredith to the inn, Kelly holds a family meeting. And he's like, listen, when she gets back... We're going to act right. We've actually put her out of the house now. <laughs> she actually doesn't want to be here. So we need to be nice. Yeah. Because we're that's not who we are. And I'm like, Kelly, it's who you are. Yeah. <laughs> You're kind of judgy. If you do this to your own, you will do this to strangers. Like, oh my. Speaking of doing to your own, when Everett comes back, he formally asks Sybil, for her mother's wedding ring. And there's something about the way he's asking that makes me feel like he's sort of doing this out of pressure. And it's the way he's stuttering in his voice. But Sybil shakes her head no! No. Mom. I can't, that woman. That woman? Okay, Meredith, Meredith. It's just, honey, I can't give you my mother's wedding ring so that she can- You promise to me. Tough shit. I'm sorry. I know you're disappointed, but think how I feel. Oh my God, Sybil! And he's like, no, you don't understand. See, you made a promise to me yeah. that whoever I married, because I'm the oldest boy and I'm perfection, you know. Yeah, that, he's their golden boy. That whoever would be the first, you know, you know, the the wife of your first son would have your mother's wedding ring, and she's just like. That's that's too bad. Like that's tough, tough shit. She was like, he was like, you promised me, and she, yeah, she isn't that what she says? She goes, well, tough shit. Yeah, like, <laughs> and like, listen, I don't love Meredith either, but this is not about you, Sybil. Like, if you were gonna make that promise, Sybil, you should have been like, and with my approval. Yeah, you know? the, like, the little asterisk, as if to say, every oh, that's so funny. You think this was gonna be your choice alone? Oh boy. And I'm like, this is where I. That's where I, when I was watching the scene, I was just like, oh my god. Like, mm -hmm. come on. <laughs> like, I don't like anybody. They grow on you like mold, though. I, yeah, I know. When Meredith comes back from the inn, I think she's had a moment to collect herself, and she's kind of got a better attitude, right? I guess. She's in the kitchen making something called strata as breakfast for Christmas morning. Strata just means layers, which tells me this is somewhere in between a casserole and a quiche. Oh, no. Yeah, she, she's, she is very nice to Sybil in that moment. She's like, I know that you and Patrick have dinner all planned out, but I wanted to contribute something. And my sister's coming. I just wanted... I just... 
wanted to do something for everyone. Well, that should be nice. I wanted to contribute something. You know what? Yeah, she is. And I'm, this is where I'm rooting. This is where I'm rooting for Meredith a little bit. I'm like, okay, Meredith. <laughs> okay, you made shit awkward and they mercilessly came after you for it. <laughs> And now you're trying to play their game. I just love how Patrick is trying to make Sybil play nice. Like, come on. I love that her her queer black son-in-law is the one that keeps her in check. Yeah. You know, like. I love that. <laughs> Meanwhile, Everett and Thad are in town at a jeweler trying to find an alternative to the family stone that Sybil won't fork over. Yeah, since Everett's like, well, she's not going to give me that fucking ring, so I'm going to have to <laughs> fucking buy one if I want to show up in front of everybody and propose to my girlfriend. And so he's looking at rings, and he's asking Thad his opinion. And, and Thad, <laughs> who out of everybody... Has been nicest to Meredith. He has been lovely and not tormented Meredith in any way. And he just puts his hand on Everett's and very earnestly asks him not to marry her. Yeah, he's like, don't do this. Don't do it. What? Marry her, Everett. Please, don't marry her. Dad, I am getting married. And I'm like, oh my god! Like, wow! Everyone really does not want this to happen. Like, and I think it's because they all know she doesn't fit. Yeah, yeah. Or at least they don't think she does. Like, she doesn't fit with Everett, specifically. Yeah. And I kind of agree. Like, this doesn't make any sense for me. It's so obvious that they're not meant for each other. And then, oh boy. Oh. Here we go. There's this scene where Susanna goes to find Sybil, and she's laying down in her room. And, like, I don't know how she knows, man. I don't know how she knows. No one's told her. But she lays down next to her mom, and her mom rolls over and looks at her and goes, who else knows? Oh, no. And oh, no. Guys, <laughs> the cancer's back. The breast cancer is back. My God. Like, we cut, to, we cut to Kelly and Ben eating pot brownies on some bleachers on campus. Um, yeah. Yeah? Like, <laughs> in the snow? And I'm like, what the fuck are we here <laughs> it's brownies you don't even have to be outside to consume the thc but guys it's supposed to be sad but they're eating pot brownies so i'm like oh. we only found out a couple of weeks ago should've known longer than that well we weren't sure and she wanted to wait you know, until after christmas to tell you kids this is why Sybil's being such a bear about that ring. Because she knows she doesn't have a lot of time left to say what she needs to say. So she's not mincing words. She doesn't think Everett's going to be happy if he marries Meredith. And, like, doesn't want him to make that mistake. She won't be here to help him. Yeah, and yeah. That must be wrenching. Yeah, it's also not your decision. Um, it's not, Ross. It's not your decision, Sybil. But she's like, whatever. also kind of right. Well, isn't that frustrating? Maybe we should support people. Yeah, you're right. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. The thing is, is that Ever and Meredith just don't seem to know each other that well. Yeah, no, out of in this entire film, you know who interacts the least? Everett and fucking Meredith. <laughs> It's so funny because they're in the kitchen. She's showing Patrick how to make the strata and she puts mushrooms in the strata and person after person after person comes up behind her. (laughs) Is that mushrooms? Are those mushrooms? Is that mushrooms? (laughs) Everett's allergic to mushrooms. And she's like, 
Oh, he is? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, damn. Yeah. Oh, okay. You could see it dotting over her eyes. I think I'm, I'm all set. Okay. Everett had to run some errands in town, and then he and Thad were going to meet Julie's bus. So now, are those mushrooms? I didn't know! Are those mushrooms? I didn't know! It's like there's a scoreboard on the wall above them in the kitchen. <laughs> And hers is, like, in negative points now. (laughs) (laughs) She can't win. She can't win. Ding dong. Little sister Julie is finally here. Hi. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I feel bad for Julie Morton. (laughs) Julie Morton is walking into a mess. She was invited into this, forced to stay and sit through all of it. (laughs) And then her life was changed at the end of it. Yes. Yes. Like we said, she's played by the beautiful Claire Danes. I don't know what the title of this job would be, but she reviews grant proposals for artists, which is kind of cool. Like, Mm -hmm. you play a part in making sure artists get money. I love that. And she just walks into this mess. And the moment Everett sees her, you're like, oh, no. It's going to be one of those types of movies, isn't it? Exactly. He's got the same exact moon-faced expression on that Ben had when he saw Meredith for the first time. She's getting off the bus, standing at the top of those stairs, and they make eye contact, and Everett is immediately enamored. Is that her? Julie. Julie. You all right, miss? She falls ass over tea kettle down those steps yeah. and eats shit on the pavement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And I mean, I would too for Dermot Mulroney. But imagine if that had happened to Meredith. She would have like made it like it was the biggest deal possible, been so embarrassed. And what's really infuriating is once they get Julie back to the stone house, the entire family is immediately fussing over her. Like the whole family is crowded around oh, her. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, they love Julie. <laughs> they could give a shit about Meredith. Where's <laughs> Meredith? No one cares. <laughs> Asking about her life, what she does. Oh yeah, we're at Christmas Eve dinner, and Sybil is bending over backwards to try and set Julie up with Ben. Because Ben, I don't mean to be unkind, but Ben is kind of the family loser. You know? Oh, you're being so mean. That's the way they look at it, not me. Oh. And, like, Mom just wants her boy to have a nice girl to settle down with. And, hey, if she can pick it this time, she'd love that. Right? Mm -hmm. Oh, Julie. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what it is you do? Oh. Uh, Me? I, um... I review artist grants proposals. At the Rockefeller Foundation. Well, Ben is a documentary film editor. Yeah, and uh, Amy's a teacher, and Thad's an architect, so... And we see at dinner just how opposite of Meredith Julie is, because... (laughs) Julie has no problem involving herself. No, she's not like... It's very natural. Everyone takes to her fairly quickly, whereas it's taken, you know, the, the pot of water that is Meredith has only been boiling for about five minutes. <laughs> where Julie's pot is boiling immediately with the family. Like, like questions that would make Meredith anxious or awkward, Julie just asks in earnest. Like when she's asking Patrick and Thad about the baby they'd like to adopt. Yeah, whether that what race they prefer because that because Patrick's black and Thad is white. Yeah. Well, this may be a personal question, but do you have a preference about the child's race? Julie. I'm like a little black baby. Don't you already have a little black baby? Can you dig it? I'm so sorry. I. Oh, it totally doesn't matter to us. I was 
just wondering. And then Meredith makes it so much worse. Because Meredith doesn't like that Julie is being received better than her. Uh-huh. So she wants to involve herself in this air quote intellectual discussion. Oh no. And and and, and she guys, you ever open your mouth and just fuck up? This is bad. This is very, very bad. Because she wants to get into the topic, which was very hot at this time in American culture, the nature versus nurture argument. Because they're gay, right? Exactly. So one of the main talking points in that discourse at the time was, if you, if gay parents raise a child, that child will end up gay. You know, guys, it's actually not that way. It's not. Like, not specifically. Like, it has happened. And that's fine, but like, it's not like, I just, the thought, I can't believe people thought that if gay parents, if same-sex parents raised a child and that child turns out queer, then that child is somehow missing out on life. Gay people obviously face certain challenges in life. Big, obviously. Bigotry and horrible people. Like, she, I just, I can't believe she doubles down on this. Yeah, no, because like Sybil perks up and is like, hold on, hold on. You know, I wanted all my boys to be gay because then they never leave me. And I'm like, OK, Sybil, that's <laughs> that, that, that that's not a good reason. But like you didn't re- you didn't really hope for gay children, did you? Well, I'm I don't think that anyone wishes for that. Meredith. No, I'm I'm sorry. I mean, please d- don't misunderstand me. It's I, I don't. Well, I I mean, all I all I mean to say is that just I just don't think that any parent would hope for a child to be challenged like that. Oh, Meredith. And like this, the first time I saw this, I kind of gave her the benefit of the doubt on where she was coming from, which is what all people who ask this type of question want you to believe their intention is. She's a white woman in 2005. Yeah, and like the question... That's not an excuse, by the way. That's not what I'm saying. No, it's not, but it's also predictable behavior from the average white cisgender straight woman. Yes. And like you can see it in Sybil's face. Her whole mood turns over. Uh, yeah, no, we, uh, we actually no longer like Meredith. Yeah, like, like my ass started leaking in this moment. <laughs> I feel like Meredith is trying to understand them and have them see that she's trying to understand them. But Everett's no help. Everett is like, well, why don't you try saying what you do mean? <gasps> Everett. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's so bad. It's so cringy. I was trying to melt into the couch. I did not want to be there for this scene. And it's finally Kelly, thank you very much, Kelly, who puts a stop to this whole conversation. I just think any parent would want a normal child. Ow! God damn you, okay? Sybil. Don't Sybil me. Just for the child's sake, just to make it easier for the child. That's enough! That's enough. Dad, it's too much, Everton. It's enough. Excuse me. Ooh, Ooh, Kelly. Ooh, Kelly. Kelly's not been angry or anything mm-hmm. since we've met him. Monsieur Quayable! <laughs> yeah, and it's like, oh, Mr. Incredible's mad. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> and I love, love, love this. After Meredith, completely horrified, gets up and leaves the table, poor Thad is sitting there feeling so otherized. Yeah. And so freakish. Uh-huh. And I love Sybil. She gets his attention. She throws her silverware yeah. in his place setting. And she signs to him. She mm-hmm. says, I love you. I 
And you are more normal than any other asshole sitting at this table. Oh, Sybil. Um, Diane Keaton, can I have uppies? <laughs> you want her to be like your mom or your grandma, right? Yeah, she needs to put me down immediately, though, because I am not going around Woody Allen. Stop! <laughs> and, like, the thing, Meredith, I don't know what Meredith's actual intentions were, but she really did come off like a bigoted jerk. Yeah, not to mention the whole racist thing earlier. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, oh, my I God. I mean, that wasn't actual racism, but, like... <laughs> It doesn't add up well. Um, Meredith is Meredith is beside herself. <laughs> she gets in the car. <laughs> it's time to go. And she tries to leave and crashes the car twice. In the driveway. In the driveway. <laughs> Uh-oh. like i'm gonna go give her some help <laughs> and he finds her in the driver's seat sobbing she's just crying <laughs> and he's like all right all right shove over he pushes her into the passenger seat and they drive to a bar it's called o'malley's which of course it is we're, we're having beers and yeah we're like three beers deep each meredith is becoming a lot more and a lot more fun <laughs> And less tightly wound than she usually is. She's like yelling at Ben across the table. I love the gays. Gay people. They know that. Then why? I took her to the nicest restaurant I know, and she didn't say a word to me. Not one word. All evening. But I tried. And I try, and I... I would have slept on the couch. And Ben's like, okay, then stop trying so hard. Yeah, no, oh my God, guys. she He gives her the best advice she could possibly have fucking had when she came here. Relax. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, he was like, try it. And he puts his hands behind his head. And like, she tries to do it too, but she's so awkward about it. <laughs> she actually looks more... <laughs> She looks more anxious trying to relax. <laughs> She's I so expected awkward. I expected Luke Wilson to open his mouth and go, somehow it's worse. <laughs> you somehow look in more distress. Here's the thing, Meredith. You have a freak flag. You just don't fly it. He's so right. <laughs> He's so absolutely right about this. Oh, my God. Okay, okay, okay. Here's where we need to talk about Brad Stevenson. Oh, no, yeah. We didn't talk about this earlier, did we? No. Brad Stevenson is an EMT who lives in the area. Brad was Amy's first love, I think. The way Sybil let that loose to Meredith. Oh, telling her that... Brad popped her cherry? Literally, those are the words she used. Like, Br Brad popped Amy's cherry. Mom! And I think that was a way of trying to show Meredith. that I think that was Sybil's way of trying to show Meredith that she will also fuck with Amy. Yeah, she'll pick on her own kids, yeah, too. Yeah. It's not just Meredith. And, like, yeah, the whole, way, the whole family knows that Brad and Amy had sex. And 
like to joke about it. <laughs> like to joke about it. And like she when she told Amy, hey, I got a letter from Brad Stevens's mom. He's still single. And Amy's <laughs> like, no. No, yeah. That was forever ago. And like when Brad is introduced to Meredith, who's a little drunk at this point. Because they come into the bar. Yeah, they because come. Because he's in, an EMT. They now. come into the bar after their shift. Him and Daniel Silver. Or yeah. David Silver, or whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> Brad is introducing himself to Meredith, and then Meredith repeats it again. Oh my god. Aren't you the guy that popped Amy's cherry? Do I know you? Oh, this is too good. Oh, you gotta let me buy you a drink. What do you say? And you too, what did you say your name was? David. Yep, that's what I'm gonna do. I am gonna buy you boys some beers. Poor Brad. (laughs) The look on his face like he's looking at the camera that's not there. Exactly. Meanwhile, Everett and Julie are out looking for Ben and Meredith, but they're not looking very hard at all. No, not at all. They are like walking down the streets in this sleepy little New England town. Guys, Everett doesn't care where she is. Uh Uh-huh. Like, I'm sorry. I know that that's not immediately apparent, but like you said, they are not trying hard at all to find her. And this is Julie's fucking sister. Yeah, they're talking. They're getting to know each other. He's way more fixated on on Julie then he's worried about where Meredith is and Ben is way more fixated on Meredith mm-hmm. than about you know where his own brother you know I don't mm, <laughs> I don't get it it's like, gonna get messy it is gonna get messy but like like we said Julie is very free very comfortable and this is where this starts to make sense for me because Everett and Meredith are too similar they're way too similar there's not enough balance there okay I mean I know that Everett's not as uptight as Meredith, but they're both similar types. And there's not enough balance in that dynamic. But with Julie, it's like it's so effortless for Everett. Do you feel like you chose? What do you uh, I don't know. Chose your life? Said, this is the thing I'm going to do. These are the things I want. Not necessarily because you were good at this one thing or because everybody told you that that's what you should want. Because everybody said that's who you were. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) Like, Everett's obviously feeling a lot of pressure to marry someone, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's what his family wants for him. Because everyone else is like, coupled up except for Ben but no one cares yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) poor Ben or like an Amy but like whatever and the thing is is they they never find Ben and Meredith so he escorts her back to the inn and like he doesn't want her to shut the door on him I know he wants this to keep going he was like do you want coffee it's like midnight yeah (laughs) and she just politely says no no I no I'm gonna have an awkward Christmas I'm sorry She is just about to have an awkward Christmas Eve alone. Yeah. Not knowing where her sister has gone to. That's so awful. Like, my God. Because they're (laughs) staying in the same inn, right? Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, Meredith is drunk in the bar, dancing to that Maxine Nightingale song. What's it called? It's right back to where we started from. Yeah. do what she says Brad Uh, it just makes me it makes me feel so funny to think about 
the fact that this was the music that our grandparents loved yeah. in the mid-70s. <laughs> you know, like... Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm like, I think that her choice of song on the jukebox, because this was her pick, right? Yeah. I think this choice of song is very telling. Really? It's all right. It's coming on, but we got to get right back to where we started from. Oh, Love okay. is good and love can be strong, but we got to get right back to where we started from. All right. You know, like, all right. And like she's dancing with Brad. She's pulled him out onto the dance floor with her. Brad is probably psyching himself up to perform CPR on her. If yeah. She passes out from alcohol poisoning. And honestly, this is the moment I like Meredith the most i know i know so far because she's not in her head she's just being yeah and she's i love this she's asking brad how to get along with amy she's like give me some tips exactly well you know i haven't seen amy in over a year i'm not really sure if i can you haven't seen her in over a year well how you gonna get her brad huh how do you think you're gonna get her like that well, I, I don't even know if she wants to see me, oh, so, you know. Oh, of course she does. Look, Brad, I like you. You should come over tomorrow. It's Christmas. I'm making breakfast. I'm inviting you. Oh, God, Meredith invites Brad over for Christmas morning. Yeah, I know. Oh, this is bad. She's not going to remember, guys. <laughs> Brad and Amy haven't seen each other in, like, a year. And it, I don't know how bad it ended, but like... Ooh. Brad is obviously still into Amy. Oh, yeah. He's carrying a torch for Amy. Which, I mean, Amy? Amy, I'm sure, once you get to know her, is a lot of fun. I don't think so. <laughs> I think she's rude. All right. And uncouth and judgmental. Anyway. Later, Meredith and Ben are sitting in the car trying to sober up for the drive home. And this is where Ben elaborates on the dream he had about her. And I tensed up because I was like, oh, I can't remember if this is really disgusting or not. I'm sorry. I think it's fucking weird. You do? Carrie, what does he tell her? <laughs> he tells her that in the dream that he had about her, that she was a little girl in pajamas shoveling snow. You were just a little girl in a flannel nightgown. And you were shoveling snow from the walk in front of our house. And I was the snow. I was the snow. And everywhere it landed, everything it covered. And you scooped me up. Okay, that's cute. But why does she have to be a child? I think... Uh, do you really want my complicated analysis? I actually don't. Well, too bad. You're getting it anyway. Uh, okay. I think it's because Ben wanted to see her as a kid, right? Like, not this buttoned-up, uptight adult who's worried about what everyone thinks of her. Just that childlike state of being where you don't care what the rest of the world thinks of you, right? Okay, whatever. And then I do like the symbolism of him being the snow, because snow just falls everywhere, right? It's all over the place. And it's almost like he's saying she grounds him. All right. <laughs> Are you mad that I made it make sense? Whatever. <laughs> I just have written, oh, that was rather nice. I assumed it was going to be something lewd. <laughs> <laughs> all right. 
So we transition into this little Christmas Eve montage where we're seeing everybody in different places during the course of the evening. Yeah. Susanna's in the living room with Amy asleep in her lap. And what is she watching, Ross? She's watching Meet Me in St. Louis. Yeah. Which is a Christmas movie, I guess. Starring who? Judy Garland. Uh-huh, baby. Yeah. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Directed by who, Carrie? Um, Vincent Minnelli. Vincent Minnelli? This Aww. is Liza Minnelli's favorite movie because it is the movie her parents met on. Oh, yeah. that's so dear. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. Next year all our troubles will be out of sight. And like we see Sybil and Kelly in bed together crying and holding each other because she doesn't have long. No, she doesn't, no. She, this is definitely gonna be their last Christmas together. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh shit, the stakes are high. And like Ben and Meredith fall asleep in the car together. It's very sweet. There's that shot where Thad and Patrick are walking back to the inn and they're signing to each other. You know what it is? Mm-hmm. One signs, it's beautiful. And then the other signs back, no, you're beautiful. (laughs) I love that so much. Oh, and Susanna is crying because of the Judy Garland, and I'm crying because of the Judy Garland. Oh, it's so nice. Do you know what the original lyrics of that song were? Uh Uh-oh, what are you about to tell me? Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas originally goes, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, It May Be Your Last. Oh no! Next year we shall all be living in the past. <gasps> Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Pop that champagne cork. Next year we all may be living in New York. Judy Garland went to the arranger for this musical and said, I can't sing that to that child. <laughs> this poor Margaret, little Margaret O'Brien yeah. in Meet Me in St. Louis yeah. when she's destroying all of the snowmen because <laughs> she's upset about something. And in order to calm her down, Judy Garland sings her Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. She went to Roy Albert, whatever, the name, whatever his name was, and was like, I can't sing that to that child. <laughs> it so may mean. be your last. No. Next year we all may be living in the past. Oh. Anyway, moving on. It is beautiful. It's a nice moment. When Meredith wakes up the next morning. Ouch, that's hot. This mess is hot. Oh my God. This is a hot mess. Meredith wakes up on Christmas morning and she is somehow naked in Ben's bed. Yeah. He is in the shower and she's like, oh no. Yeah. I've slept with my boyfriend's brother. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's bad. Like, Kelly... Ke- oh. <laughs> Kelly is trying to get Ben out of bed. And he opens the door and Meredith... <laughs> the way Meredith was trying to scramble to get out of the bed and hide, but she couldn't in time. The way she's just looking to the side away from <laughs> Kelly like, damn it, I didn't make it in time. Ben. Oh. I'm sorry. I was looking for Ben. I'm sorry, I was looking for Ben. And then just shuts the door, and poor Meredith is like, fuck! Now, remember how in Crazy Stupid Love, 
all of the shenanigans came to that amazing crescendo with that scene in the backyard where everybody was beating each other up. Yeah. <laughs> This Sorry. this movie is the same energy, right? Yeah. For the next 10 minutes, this is going to be pure theatrical chaos. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, downstairs, Sybil is dropping the rock. Literally. she She's giving Everett her mother's wedding ring. Oh, no, yeah, because we didn't mention last night when he came home after looking for her all night and being rejected by Julie, uh-huh. that she was like, listen, I'm sorry. And he's like, I don't believe that you are. And <gasps> then just walks away. And she's like, oh, I can't leave my relationship with my son like this. Yeah, no, and he gives, yeah. She gives him the engagement ring. You've got a charm life, kid. <laughs> I blame myself. Well, you've never made anybody's life easier. What the hell do you know about it? Oh, I know a little. <laughs> sick honey and you can't fix it not even by getting married and this is where i think i finally understood right because like everett everett i i don't know if everett knew or not that sybil was sick Mm -hmm. but whether he knew or not she's saying it in this moment and there is something about watching a grown man cry bud I don't, I don't know. I know. Men should be able to cry, but when they do cry, it makes my heart hurt. She goes, I'd hate to see you miss out on something. Because you have a picture in your mind or you thought you could change something you can't. I'd hate to see you not find what you really want. Oh, but ever. It's your ring. And he starts crying. I'm starting to cry. It's hard for me not to cry at that. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, I know what you mean. And, like, she's telling him, don't be so freaking perfect. Like, wouldn't the rest, none of the rest of us are perfect. Yeah. You do not have to be so perfect, you sweet boy. Because you're not going to fix anything. Yeah. And this is where Julie comes in the kitchen. And, oh boy, does this family have terrible timing. Because he's showing her the ring he wants to give to Meredith. To Mm. give her sister. And he asks her to try it on so he can, quote, see how it looks. Whatever. Yeah, that's horseshit. Whatever. He wants to see how he feels about seeing it on Julie. And he feels some kind of way about it, doesn't he? Yeah. The way the rest of this movie is him slowly forgetting about Meredith altogether. I love it when Kelly gets down in his ear and he's like, okay, Everett, what's going on? Yeah. (laughs) And to make matters worse, the ring is stuck on Julie's finger. Yeah, they can't get it off. They try soap, they try butter. They can't do it. They can't get it off. They're fussing over her at the sink, and Julie's starting to get upset because she's embarrassed about catching feelings for her sister's boyfriend. Yeah. And now she feels like everyone can see it. Yeah. Oh my God. Is it stuck? Well, yeah. I mean, yes, of course it's it's stuck. I told you what? my stuff. Uh-huh. Hands are, are bigger than Meredith's. I'm butter. Hey. That's it, butter. Come on, let's get the show on the road, people. She can't get it off. Can't get what off? Grandma's ring. I'm, I'm not doing this. On purpose. Speaking of embarrassed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Meredith has gathered herself and is marching herself downstairs 
just in time to meet the rest of the family crowded at the bathroom where Julie is hiding out. Indeed. Ben is right behind her, and Kelly grabs him by the scruff of his neck and drags him away. <laughs> Here, we're going to talk. You and I. <laughs> we're going to have a conversation. And, like, Meredith goes into the bathroom with Julie, and she's showing Meredith the ring, and she's horrified, right? Yeah. She's like, oh, shit, Everett's going to propose to me, mm-hmm. and I just slept with his brother. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's all bad. Brad Stevenson is also arriving for Christmas morning. Amy could not be more annoyed. Oh my god! (laughs) But Sybil is pleased as pie to see Brad. Like, hi, I got a letter from your mother the other day. And like, Amy's just like, where's Meredith? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Through gritted teeth, where's Meredith? Because like, like, yeah, because Brad is like, she invited me. And Amy's like, (laughs) did she? He showed up with flowers and a present. Yeah. Like, Brad, Brad likes Amy. Uh-huh. Which, why? <laughs> <laughs> Again, Amy is smart and sexy and funny. I know why you're in camp, Amy. Leave okay. me alone. I know why you're there. Because <laughs> I'm also the family instigator. Think about your allegiances, okay? I'm just saying, Amy, Amy turns out fine, okay? Whatever. <laughs> we got to get there first. There's no growth in this film for Amy. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, she learns to love Paul Schneider again? No. We'll get there. Is that growth? Really? <laughs> Mark Brandanowicz? Stop. Merry Christmas to you guys, too. I, yeah, I hope I'm not interrupting anything. Oh, no. I'm... Here she is. Meredith. You know, Brad. Oh. Oh, my God. I... I totally forgot. Maybe you would like to share with us how it is that you know Brad. When Meredith comes out of the bathroom, she sees Brad standing there and she's like, oh shit, I completely forgot about this. Yeah. And so to distract away from what she might have done, not only the Brad thing, but also the Ben thing, Mm -hmm. she starts hurriedly handing out her presents for the entire family. Oh, Carrie. She got them all the same thing. Oh, Carrie. I know, I'm about to cry again. Yeah. All of them open at once. All of the really nice framed photographs. It's a photograph that she found on Everett's desk of a very young Sybil pregnant with Amy. And it is actually a picture of young Diane Keaton. Mm -hmm. And like everybody just gets real quiet. Well, Meredith thought it was pregnant with Everett. Yeah. But it's pregnant with Amy, the last one. And this kind of... uh, This kind of uh, cleans Amy's clock. Emotionally, yeah. yeah. She's the most emotional we've ever seen her. Aw, Sybil. Yeah. That's you and me, kid. Thank you very much. Meredith. You did good. And everyone is so touched. Like, that silence is so powerful. Because, like, I think everyone has figured out that she's sick by this point, except for the Mortons. Yeah, I think Meredith and Julie are the only ones who don't know by this point. She doesn't even understand what she's done here. Like, why they're all crying. why they're all crying, yeah. Yeah. And this just gets... (laughs) This just gets worse. (laughs) Because Everett's like... Can we, uh, can I talk? And, <laughs> and Meredith's like, nope, nope, I've actually got to go do something else that doesn't involve me standing here in <laughs> front of all of you. She doesn't want to have to turn down his marriage proposal in front of his entire family, right? But I think that's actually what he's trying to do. Yeah. Which I'm like, Everett. It doesn't have to happen in front of... You don't have to tell her that you're not going to marry her in front of everyone. And she just blurts it out, doesn't she? Meredith, wait for me. 
God damn Everett, it. please, I know what I know what you're gonna ask no, that, me. No, that's just my point. I don't think you do. Hey, Brad, you look hungry. I'm just gonna pop the strata in the oven. Everett, please, please, will you please stop talking? Everett, no, I will not marry you. And she realizes in that moment that Everett likes Julie more than he likes her. And, like, uh, this is where she kind of has her monologue moment, right? Yeah. Because she's just, she's fucking had it. She's absolutely had it with this family's disdain for her. She goes on this whole tirade about how they can't stand her because she's some bigoted bitch from Bedford, right? Yeah, yeah. Not like all of you, she comes all the way up here to ruin our Christmas, and and then she sleeps with his brother? What? I slept with your brother. You slept with who? With whom? Do not look at me. And she's like, I, I might have slept with your brother. Um, Meredith. <laughs> yeah, no, Ben is like, wait the fuck a second. Like, record scratch. Yeah. Because she just assumed, because she woke up naked in his bed, that they slept together. Yeah, but, no, and she, and he's like, whoa, 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 Meredith, we did not sleep together. You slept in my bed. I slept on the floor. Yeah. With Ben. I slept with Ben. Uh, excuse me. Could you just back up for a minute there? Effort, we, we did What's not... What's the use? Meredith, we did not sleep together. We didn't? No. Isn't there anybody that loves me? Isn't there anyone who loves me? Oh, Meredith! So now this is really bad. She's big time humiliated herself. All of, <laughs> all of the women of the family go after her. <laughs> this becomes so chaotic so fast, so try to stay with me, okay? It's like, Meredith's so upset, but the rest of them are laughing. Yeah. You know, because it's like, no, we don't hate you, you know? Meredith goes into the kitchen to take the strata out of the fridge for the oven, and Sybil and Amy are right behind her, and they open the <laughs> door and hit her with the door. One goes on the floor, one goes all over her. Poor Sybil's like, oh, sweetheart, let's get you. They're laughing at her to begin with. And then they're like, let's get you to the sink, get you cleaned up. And while she's like opening her egg-soaked blouse, (laughs) Meredith is crying and going, you guys aren't better than me. (laughs) Meanwhile, in the family room, Everett is going after Ben. Yeah, like, (laughs) you slept with my girlfriend? (laughs) You mean the girlfriend you're not in love with, Everett? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Everett. Look, I I just want you to know that. <laughs> oh my God! No, no, it's all right, sweetie. Let's just get this off. You're gonna be fine. Such a pretty hair. I'm just as good as any of you. Of course you are. Better, probably. Man, I'm the Everett. They are grown-ass men, and he is chasing him all through this house. Kelly's trying to get them to break it up. Like, come on, boys, somebody's going to get hurt. Yeah, it's Christmas. It's Christmas. It's December 10th. It's December 10th. No, but while all of the craziness is going on, the way Brad just gets up and shakes Julie's hand. (laughs) Hi, I don't know if we've met. (laughs) While everyone is yelling and running and slipping an egg. 
<laughs> I love it. It makes me bust. Yeah. I can't. N- neither one of them have any idea what they walked into. Everett chases Ben into the kitchen, and all of the women are just slipping and sliding around in the strata mess. In the egg. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. What's and- so great about you anyway? <laughs> What's so great about you guys? Nothing. It's, we're just, it's just that we're all we've got. We're not so great. And you, you're the worst. I'm the worst. So now everybody slipped and is rolling around in the egg. Yeah. Ew, it's so gross. Yeah. And Everett chases Ben into the kitchen, and they end up underneath the kitchen table, just smacking each other like they're five <laughs> years old. And Ben's like, whoa, 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 you don't even love her, man. How could you do that? I, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything to you. She, she was passed out. I slept on. I slept on the floor. Nothing happened. This is a brand. Look, look it, you don't even love her, man. You, you don't love her. So then everybody kind of takes a step back, takes a breath. We clean ourselves off. And we clean the floors. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, Brad came in the ambulance so he can treat everyone's cuts and bruises. Mm-hmm. And Meredith and Everett have this moment where they're in his bedroom and she's trying to apologize for how this whole thing has gone down. Mm-hmm. She's like, you don't hate me, do you? And he's like, of course I don't hate you. Of course I don't hate you. Like, Like, he would have a lot of nerve to hate her, right? Mm -hmm. Considering he's crushing on her sister. And, like, Brad and Amy start cozying up to each other in the ambulance. He got her a snow globe. Yeah. It's How cute. It's not a clock radio. Yeah, no. (laughs) It's in a clock radio box, but it's a snow globe. And she's like, wow. And, like, somehow, in all the commotion, Julie has managed to fly the coop on her way to the bus station. Like, just got away from everybody. (laughs) she went, this is what I like to call too much. (laughs) So she's like, this is what I like to call something I didn't sign up for. Yeah, no kidding. No wonder we feel so bad for Julie. And, like, the thing is that Everett chases her. Chases her to campus, to the bus station, and, like, the bus is pulling up because, of course, like, right as he's getting there, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to be one of those famous romantic comedy, like, farewells, like, please don't go, please stay. Yeah, and, like, it's like, it's like, (laughs) she's like, I don't get it, man. (laughs) I came here as a favor. Yeah. And now you're in love with me? We spent one night walking around your hometown talking and you're in love with me? It's like, it's like she wants to take him by the scarf and go, you don't understand, Everett. The movie wasn't supposed to be about me. (laughs) It was about Meredith and you. And some, for some reason, they called me in to make it about me. (laughs) I'm not the one, Everett, you know? See, like, see, but she's also into him. It's not like a I don't, thing. it's not palpable, Carrie. It's not palpable that she is into Dermot Mulroney. Well, okay, so. It is not palpable that Julie is into Everett. Everett's definitely into Julie, but Julie, I feel like Julie is just standing in the middle of this hot family mess like, what? <laughs> 
how did I end up the prize here? See, but the bus pulls away and Everett's standing there by himself. Oh, yeah. And you're like, well, shit, she didn't stay. But then the bus stops and it's sad. She gets hello, off. Hello, Everett. <laughs> I've changed my mind. No, yeah, she yeah, yeah. gets off the bus. <laughs> Five seconds later. They meet in front of the bus. She's holding up this bus's entire schedule. Yeah. Surely. Everett. Julie. I just wanted to ask if you were doing anything for New Year's. <laughs> the romance of it all. What I can't. What romance? They've known each other 48 hours! <laughs> Sorry, I'm yelling. Yes, you are. <laughs> I'm yelling. This movie's so weird! But it makes you feel things. Because this is how it's ending up, isn't it? Yeah. The brothers are literally switching girlfriends. Yeah. Because we see this shot where Meredith and Ben are kind of cuddled in bed together. And he asks her, are you comfortable? And she sighs and says, yes. Meredith, woundly tight Meredith. Is comfortable. With Ben. With Ben. That's so nice. It is nice, (laughs) I guess. You just didn't expect it at all. I just... Like, finally, everyone is where they belong, and harmony is restored. Except for Sybil. Sybil belongs with that family. Oh, here we go. Yeah. We get a flash forward. It's next Christmas. Patrick and Thad roll up to the house. They've got a brand new baby boy they've adopted. Named Gus. (laughs) Is it named after the bartender at O'Malley's? I think it might be. I don't get it, but... (laughs) And, like, Kelly gets to meet his new grandson. It's very sweet. Susanna's got a 10-month-old in her lap. Yeah. And Brad and Amy are together. Meredith and Ben are together. Also, John did show up. Yeah, he did. Susanna's husband, Mr. Trousdale, he did show up eventually. (laughs) He did. Julie and Everett are together. They're not physically here, but they're on their way. And the family's in the middle of decorating the tree. They're those crazy people that wait until, like, two days before Christmas to put all the decorations up. It's crazy. Like, what's the point? And, like, they're getting ready to plug it in. And... Okay, we all set? Yeah. yeah. Brad, you got it? I got it. Right. We're good. Okay. And then, cried Max, let the wild rumpus start. Ah. Oh. As the camera is panning around all their faces... You realize that somebody's missing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sybil's gone. Sybil's gone. She's passed away. And like Amy puts the first ornament on the tree, and she's wearing Sybil's big square stone ring that I mentioned at the beginning. And to be quite honest. Wait, Amy's wearing the ring? She no, she's not wearing the engagement ring. She's wearing that really big square stone ring that I mentioned at the beginning. Oh. And the one that Sybil was wearing. Yeah, the really cool one that Sybil was wearing. Mm-hmm. And to be quite honest, I think that's the real reason it's called the family stone. That ring that's symbolic of Sybil, like Sybil was the glue that held this family together. The she, rock? She was the rock! See, I have it written down in my oh notes. Oh my God. She was this family's rock. And now she's gone. Aw, she was the real family stone all along. Yeah. I know that sounds schmaltzy, but I love that. And now they're going to have to find new ways to be happy without her. 
There is a video out there of the Muppets singing that song. There is? Yeah. <laughs> because disco, right? It, was, it came out in the mid-70s, and they did that on the Muppet show, like, in the late 70s. Thank you. That kind of makes me less sad about the fact that Diane <laughs> Keaton is, is dead. dead yeah. yeah. But yeah, guys, that's the end of the Family Stone. Uh, what a weird, delightful movie. It's the kind of thing where, like, if if the streaming service is recommending it to you, yeah. just based on the thumbnail or the poster, you'd be like, eh, that looks like some generic white people shit. It is a it is a white people Christmas movie with a token black person and token gay person thrown in. But like, yes. <laughs> But at the same time, I like the journey that it takes you through. I guess. <laughs> I just did not expect it to go where it did. Of course not. It, it, this was this was wife swap at Christmas. This was, this was wife swap Christmas is what it was. Wife swap Christmas But it's edition. the same family. And it's permanent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meredith and Julie are in this family now. They're just with different brothers than they thought they were going to be with. Well, it's all right and it's coming. Oh, we got to get right back to where we started. So yeah, guys, there's no big extrapolation this week. I just, we all got to remember this holiday season to just relax and have nice times with our family. Yes, the world is raging horribly outside and it cannot be totally ignored. But guys, you have to, you just have to make the decision to have some joy sometimes. (laughs) A real man makes his own joy. (laughs) And yeah, just like... (laughs) A real man makes his own joy. Right, love? Right, love, joy? (laughs) And, like, I just, I just, I I know everything's tough right now, but you just got to try and scrape together some happiness this holiday holiday season. (laughs) Holla slay! Holla slay! Holla slay this, bust out your pussy this holiday season at Cynthia's Hallmark. (laughs) 50% off on all winter items. Oh, my God. (laughs) Shake your ass for the holidays. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Oh, my God. All right, guys. Guys, we, we, we came down to the wire on what to do between this first selection and our, you know, ending two-parter for Christmas time. Yeah, the December, the end of December is going to be a two-parter, which means we had one more slot to fill. And once again... We don't want to do love, actually, because it's too complicated. Maybe next year. And also awful. I'm so sorry. I hey! Can, I cannot wait to come for that movie when we do it. Hey. I know. It'd be nice to Bill Condon in his very complicated movie. Barf. Anyway. Guys, um, next week, we're going to be covering the 1997 bop and where this franchise should have ended. Oh, God. Home Alone 3. Once again, I've been worn down to a nub. Yeah, I know. Carrie Ella did not <laughs> want to do Home Alone 3, but... Because we've done a Home Alone movie every single year for the last three years it's now. It's our childhood. What do you expect? Like, Well, but this is not going to be your normal Home Alone movie, right? No, it's going to be way cooler. No Kevin McAllister. No Kevin McAllister. We're having a different family and an international uh, missile chip crisis. Missile chip! Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I thought 
thought you were making a mistletoe joke. No. You mean an actual missile. Remember? Yeah, now I... remember? You know what, bud? I haven't seen this since I was like 10. Yeah, I was gonna say, you, you didn't watch it every year like I do. So this is... <laughs> this is gonna be a lot for me. I mean, if I had to rank Home Alone 1, 2, and 3... Please it, don't say it. It's probably 1, 3, 2. Oh, God. <laughs> so look out for that next week, guys. In the meantime, you can go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. You can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, go check out that Patreon. There's never been a better time to give us your money. Never been a better time. More quality content coming to you from Kicking and Streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, sorry, sorry mom. mom.